Hello and welcome to Fanboy Podcast episode something. It doesn't really matter, but this is the last episode of this uh, season of Game of Thrones that we're doing. Not yeah. our last episode as podcast, but, but just of season ten, season six, episode ten of Game of Thrones. This is the last one. Just to clear that up in case there's any confusion, which I hope there's not because, yeah. I'm Ryan. I'm Christian, as always. Our names haven't changed yet. Not yet. We're they, working on that. They may one day. So let's get right into it, and um, I'm going to start by saying this finale was amazing. Easily, if not the best episode of the show, definitely the best finale they've done. Yeah, this finale was just incredible. Had really good pacing, and um, somehow, like, it's hard to follow up an episode like Battle of Bastards because that was so epic and so good. It's just like, oh yeah, you have one good episode, you have one bad. Nah, they nailed it, I think. No, yeah, like, Battle of the Bastards set the bar so high that, like, going into the finale, I was like, this will probably be good, but, like, I know it's not going to be better than Battle yeah. of the Bastards, and then it kind of was, and I was like, oh. <laughs> we, we, t- we talk pretty often about how usually you know the big things that happen are in episode like nine and then episode 10 is usually kind of like a like a recap just tying loose ends kind of episode and while i guess this was kind of aftermath we saw some crazy stuff i I think the reason for this is is due to the nature of the way the story has been paced over Mm. the years there's been a lot a lot of setup especially, like, in season five, Mm. that all has paid off at, like, the same time. Yeah. You know? And so, like, we are finally seeing the end game of the series. Yeah. And, like, all these little pieces, everyone is kind of converging onto, like, one of two points, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of quality, I'd rate it, I'd rate it as near perfect as I can get. Honestly, like, there was, there was the only moment of the episode that I could, like, on a rewatch I would skip would be, mm. like, the, the scene with Dario. Yeah. Um. I'll get back in it. Talk, talk for a minute. I need to grab my water bottle. I left it outside. Okay. <laughs> this is an intermission. <laughs> While Christian gets his water bottle. And... I'm probably just gonna cut this. Alright, we're back at it. Um, so yeah, I went and grabbed my water bottle. What if instead of water bottle, I came back with, like, more swords? Implying that we already have swords, but I, I came back with, like... We are both actually holding swords right now. It's, this is actually per the norm for the show. I don't know how we haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah, we actually just, just carry these, carry these <laughs> on a daily basis. Alright, so yeah, so we've kind of talked about our general opinions of the episode. Let's go, um, let's do, let's do the, the play-by-play. Um, what so, we think of all? so King's Landing, nothing important happens. Uh, nothing, very, very <laughs> minor scene. Yeah, yeah, totally, Easily totally forgettable. Boring for sure. <laughs> okay, so it opens up with this kind of like quiet for a little while scene of, you know, Tommen and Cersei and Marjorie and everyone like getting dressed, and I really like this part because you see Tommen and he's like, he's got like like this extremely nice necklace he's putting on and Cersei's putting on a crown or like Marjorie's putting on a crown everyone's getting all like dolled up and it goes to High Sparrow and he's like <laughs> literally putting on a sack <laughs> literally like a potato sack that was awesome that was I really liked that scene and I when, when the music starts when they're watching through the archway that track that they use for this King's Landing sequence is like my favorite track in the show now. oh yeah that was so good um 
like the music directing in this in this episode was on the same level as the cinematography in Battle of the Bastards. Yes. Yeah, the music in this episode was like probably the most memorable in the series. There's a few memorable songs from throughout the series, notably the theme song and Reigns of Castamere. And then all the music in this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah. There's never a moment where the music flags. It, it's it's pretty much perfect all the way through. Mm-hmm. You had an interesting idea about the music in this episode. <clears throat> yeah, um, I guess we could talk about that now. Mm. Um, the the I think it's called "The Light of the Seven is the name of the track that plays in the beginning. Mm. It's the only track I can think of, and in the whole show really that prominently features or features at all a piano because mm-hmm. I think all of the other tracks have purely been like strings like orchestral yeah. arrangements um and the piano is a relatively newer instrument in world history than than mm-hmm. like violins and violas and cellos and all that shit yeah and I I almost like I get a really this whole episode gave me a really renaissance vibe okay whereas if we think about Westeros as being like kind of stuck in medieval Europe. Yeah. I feel like times are changing to the point where, like, even the music is giving us cues that, like, the whole world is is kind of making itself new. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just everything from, like, more women are gaining power to, like, there's, there's lots of, of things that can kind of contribute to this, but just, like, you know, you, you get the sense that everything is changing. Oh yeah, everything. <laughs> Certainly, everything is changing. Like, or or even how even like the phrase betrayal, um, back in season three of like you know they gave him guest right, but they slaughtered them at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And like, people don't care about traditions as much anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of like like Westeros as a society is like evolving. Oh yeah, for sure. The, whether for better or worse, you know, like the giants are dying out, the children are dying out. It's kind of like magic as a whole is giving its like last hurrah before mm. it goes away completely. Well, I've I've read something before online seeing that it's almost the magic has almost a resurgence back into the world because we're getting we're getting um, dragons again and the White Walkers are coming. So there's almost a little bit more magic. People of are coming. People are coming back to life. But you got to think the whole driving conflict is to kill the White Walkers. So True. once that's done, all that's yeah. left is dragons, yeah. and those have died out before. So yeah, and they, I, and I, they could I, even write it in a way where the dragons have to sacrifice themselves. I wouldn't the be surprised game. if at least one dragon dies. Yeah, certainly one dragon's gonna die. I really want one dragon to be cap to be somehow turned against the other two and turned into like an ice dragon. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> Uh, there's going to be some form of evil evil dragon whether it's one of hers or like a zombie ice dragon we'll get to that when we talk about Euron later okay yeah yeah we'll get there because I had some points about him earlier I wanted to talk about yeah we're we're beating around the bush here but the big thing the Sept of Baylor blew up oh yeah that shit was lit (laughs) yeah dude that was it was so lit Cersei dropped her mixtape on yeah she ruined that it went bad Um, there's not really a lot to say other than I think more people died this episode, like, more named characters died this episode than in probably any other episode I can think of, including oh. The Red Wedding. Yeah, like, you know, in The Red Wedding, you lose, like, who do we care about in The Red Wedding? We lose like Rob, three or four we people. lose Catelyn, we lose, uh, Talisa. In this episode, who are all the main characters that we lose? We lose... Alright, well, we lose, we lose... Grandmaster Pycelle, mm-hmm. we lose Lancel Lannister, we lose Kevin Lannister, we lose Mace Tyrell, Marguerite Tyrell, the the High Sparrow, uh, Sir Loras, 
um, the entire royal court, mm-hmm. um, all of the other sparrows, yeah. probably a shitload of random like peasants in King's Landing. Probably about a lot. the guy who gets crushed by the bell. Yeah, <laughs> bell guy. Bell guy. Um, and Tommen. And King Tommen uh, finally justifies King's Landing's name. Yeah. <laughs> He gave it quite a landing. Yo, King's Landing, he he landed all right. (laughs) He didn't quite stick the landing. Yeah, face first. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But so now, yeah, yeah, Cersei is on the loose. She's got nothing holding her back. Like, all her kids are dead. She's got this badass new outfit on that just screams um, like evil witch queen. Her outfit here is the best. Um, It is so good. Especially at the end of the episode when when she gets her coronation and she's got the matching crown. Mm Mm-hmm. but yeah, that's uh, that's that's basically that's basically the entire thing. Um, just everyone dies. Uh. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I can ask, where do you think it's going with the mountain torturing um, that one lady? Oh, uh, Septa Unella. Yeah. I think. Well, I the first time I saw the episode, I've seen it three times total. Mm-hmm. First time I saw it, I thought that she was literally torturing her just by having her stare at his face because he mm-hmm. was like a grotesque zombie man. Yeah. And she was like a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. But given more context and just how brutal the show is, I think it's implied that there's still some vestige of the old mountain left in in Zombie Mountain that mm-hmm. he's probably like raping her, and and apparently like he like he takes his helmet off at the beginning of the scene. He also unbuckles his breastplate. Yeah, which isn't something. So the I only noticed, reason but... he'd be taking all his armor off is to get his dick out. So like that. Although at the last scene when we see him walking away, if you look at the mountain through the eye hole, he's still just standing there. Yeah, well maybe he, maybe his reaction time isn't as, as yeah. fast as it was when he was alive. At least, because I, I was just watching him through the window and he still wasn't doing anything. He was just, just standing there. Maybe, was, maybe the event's after. So, um... If we ever get a mountain versus, uh... Versus, uh... What's his name? Benjen Stark face-off. Yeah. Can we start hyping for Zombie Bowl? Yes. Just those two fight. I'm okay with it. Maybe this. even Jon Snow would count. Since yeah. he, he did die. Or, uh, or uh, Lord Beric. Yeah, I don't know how... Or if we ever get Lady Stoneheart. <laughs> I don't know how any of those would fare against the mountain. Especially New Zombie Mountain. New Zombie Mountain is pretty scary. But but see, this raises so many questions about his character. Like mm-hmm. the fact that he took his helmet off. Um, because in the books... It's very heavily implied that he has no head mm-hmm. because it's implied that they actually did send his skull to Dorne to appease them, mm-hmm. and like, like there's a scene where someone has a dream or a prophecy or something where the description is like a giant in thick plate, mm-hmm. and like he lifts his visor and nothing you see nothing but thick black blood, <laughs> and so that seems to foreshadow that like it, eventually the mountain will take his helmet off. And there won't be anything there, or it'll be someone else's head, like yeah. sewn on. I, I buy because I, I feel like the book is just like slightly more magical than the show. My favorite crackpot theory is that it's Joffrey's head. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. But I feel like the book is slightly more magical, so they could get away with doing something like, oh, he's headless. Well, well obviously they have to simplify it for the show, and and yeah, you're you're not gonna get half Thor Bjornsson to actually cut his head off. So <laughs> darn it, that's that's the biggest disappointment in this episode. <laughs> but. No half head Bjornsson. <laughs> yeah, but um, but no, that was that was 
in- um, it was very unsettling, but mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where that goes. You mentioned earlier that you think the Septa might play a role in Cersei's downfall eventually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, assuming they keep her alive long enough. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's like one of those things where you don't... So, keep... no, no, not a lot of people survive being raped by the mountain. <laughs> yeah. like, they make quite a big deal out of that. Well, again, this is implying that what was happening is that she was raped, but, you know, I don't know. I think it could be one of those things, like, you don't leave a character alive unless it's kind of like however you see in, like, a movie or something where the villain's left alive and then he reappears like two movies later or something i I think gendry might want to have a word with you yeah yeah gendry's like excuse me (laughs) although to be fair a lot of characters this season are characters that exactly fit that bill people that like weren't explicitly dead and that we thought were written off the show and then totally came back and were important and and there's been there's been a few characters also who have left uh jorah that'll be back uh melisandre (laughs) true yeah melisandre jorah um, I really want to see... Well, we'll get to that when we get to, to Castle Black, but I guess moving on from King's Landing now, Well, okay, um... Unless you had anything else you wanted to mention. Yeah, okay, so a few things. First, I'm sure the answer's completely no, but do you think it's possible that anyone just somehow maybe survived the explosion? It looks pretty definitive. It looked, pre- it looked pretty bad. And, like, I think, um... Not there are so many different story arcs in this episode. I think some of them were running on different time scales. Mm-hmm. So like Olena, later in the episode when she's talking to the Martells and she's wearing all black and she mm-hmm. like knows that everyone is dead. Yeah, I think at that point she's gotten confirmation that at the very least all the Tyrells have died. Probably yeah. So, mm. I think you're. Yeah. So Olena, sorry about that. It was another interruption. Oh, but yeah, no. Well, we see Elena wearing black. She's in mourning. Mm-hmm. She clearly knows what has happened mm-hmm. enough to the point where she's like, she knows that Cersei's responsible. Yeah, I think I think to add this, to add to this, that some we're doing some time timeline jumping around. Is it later in the episode when Jamie shows up at King's Landing again? It looks like the set just blew up. Like things are still on fire and it's still smoking. So it's like within the same. Well, that day, might I would just say. be a case of wildfire like doesn't go out very easily. Okay. So it very well could have been burning for days. Okay. Um, like I think in the books they describe like after the Battle of Blackwater, mm-hmm. like the beach was still like kind of smoking for a while afterwards. Hmm. Okay. Um, but I, but I think oh, you got to think like for them to coronate her and everything like that probably took a little while for them to get everything sorted out. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine all of it happening in a single afternoon. But then again, maybe things. Yeah, I could see it happening in like, like. A I guess day. If, if if the rest of the plan was that thoroughly planned out, then maybe she was ready. To... And there's no, there's not like she's got to go through anyone to plan it. It's true. She's literally the only person left. Yeah, it's just I want to do this today. Okay, whatever. <laughs> sure. Um. So so, so um, yeah, we got Mad Queen Cersei in King's Landing. And then the last thing I want to say about that is that you said when um, Pycelle died that you weren't surprised by it. Oh, no, no, no. And, th- and this is based on books. Well, yeah, because at the end of A Dance with Dragons, which is the, the last book, mm-hmm. um, I think the very last chapter, actually, mm-hmm. is from Kevin's point of view. Kevin mm-hmm. Lannister. That's interesting. Um, he gets a couple of POV chapters in that book. Hmm. Um, and he basically, like, he's just doing his shit as Hand of the King, and he winds up getting... I forget exactly how it happens. Like, he gets a knife in the back or something, and... Or, like, he's eating food and he gets poisoned. Mm-hmm. He gets assassinated, basically. And we turn and see that the person who killed him was Varys. Mm-hmm. Um, and he explains that 
he didn't want to have to kill Kevin because he was a nice person and he was good at his job. Mm-hmm. But the reason he killed him was because he was too good at his job mm-hmm. and he needed to get rid of the people who were stopping Cersei from ruining King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Because the more terrible of a job Cersei does, the easier it is for Daenerys or in the books Aegon to to sweep in and, and conquer. Right. Um. But yeah, so I wasn't surprised because his death and Kevin's at least. Like, everyone else in King's Landing is still alive in the books, mm-hmm. as of yet, because the wildfire thing hasn't happened, but mm-hmm. those two do die. Okay. Alright, cool. So I think I think that I think that is it for King's Landing. So after that, where do we go? Um, after that we head to, let's say, um... Do we go to Winterfell right after that? No, we, I think we hit up the Citadel, don't we? Sure. I mean, the order doesn't yeah. really... Well, yeah, we'll touch on it. Alright, so, so let's say after that... We went to the Citadel. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Right after that, we get, um, the phrase. Oh, okay. So we might as well talk about the phrase first. Yeah, okay. We, we get that little feast scene, um, where, where, where Walder's bragging about all the shit he's done, and Jamie is just tired of hearing about it. Yeah, this is, I like, I, this, this is a fun scene because, like you said, Jamie is so dumb with it, um, like... I like that, you know, he, at first, he's, at first it kind of comes off, like, he's just, like, done with it, he's just like, I don't want to listen to this guy talk, but then at a certain point, it turns to, like, almost disgust, I think, to where he starts talking about, like, oh yeah, we're both Kingslayers, we know what it's like for them to grovel, and Jamie's kind of like, you don't get it, what I went through. Well, I think, not only is he disgusted at Walter Frey for being Walter Frey, he's also disgusted at himself for even being associated with him. Right. Like, he's like, I can't believe I'm on the same side as this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess the only thing to note here is that um, later we'll get to the other part of the Walda Frey scene, but who's pouring uh, their drinks? None other than this one little lady. I'm sure she won't be important. No, she's just some girl. She was cute, but I don't... Yeah. No one notable. Giving Jamie those eyes. Yeah, that's it. She was just there. I did like the tiny bit of brawn banter we got. That's yeah. that's always that's always fun. Brawn is always pleasant. I'm so glad he made it into this season. I'm glad he's not dead yet. We just need a season of brawn. <laughs> just brawn game of bronze. Just just uh, I would like a, a spin off series. Yeah. Of just brawn Bra- and pod and like <laughs> And like hot pie. And hot pie. Yeah. And that's it. And they're they're go li- they're living in this castle that Braun that Jamie gave Braun mm-hmm. that he still owes him. Yeah, yeah. And they're just dealing with their like really minute issues. Yeah, yeah. Hot pie's always getting into trouble. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is great. This is we we need a <laughs> let's call HBO. Yeah, we need a satire series of this happening. Um, but uh, moving on from there, we do go to Old Town or not to Old Town, but to. The well, it is Old Town. It is in, the Citadel yeah. is in Old Town. The Citadel is that big yeah. lighthouse or whatever, but the city that it's in is called Old Town. Let's just say that Citadel looks amazing. Yeah, I got, I got a very Dark Souls slash Lord of the Rings slash Avatar The Last Airbender vibe from mm-hmm. that whole sequence where it was just very high fantasy compared to the rest of Westeros. Which yeah, is, like it looks either most like... Most of the other castles and, t- and cities are pretty realistic. Looking. Yeah, they're like just literal castles, and, and this and even Old Town, like on the outside, like a lighthouse. That's not unreasonable. Like, yeah, it, it seemed like it was really heavily based off of like Alexandria mm-hmm. with all the library and the lighthouse and everything. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, um, which I wonder if that means that that shit's gonna get destroyed by the end of the series. Ooh, that's also good. <laughs> that is really good. I like That'll that. tie into my Euron stuff that I'll bring all up right. later. But um, so we see we see Sam and um. What is her name? I can't Gilly. remember. Gilly. Wow. 
Slip of the tongue. Sam and Gilly and Sam Jr. Yeah, and they, they roll up in the Citadel. He, he's, he's got a heart spain wrapped up in some uh, construction paper. Yeah, he's, I, I wonder if anyone's stopping him. Like, oh, you're Samuel Tarlet? Yeah, what do you got with you? Mm, you know, nothing. Mm, Just some this, firewood. It's my sword from Castle Black. And be like, oh, really? <laughs> no, no one believes that. I don't know what they did with the sword, because when they go into the Citadel, he doesn't have the sword on him. They had, like, other bags and stuff. They probably left them, like, in their cart that they came in. Or True. Something. But I feel like someone would have questioned me, like, at the Citadel, they would have been like, wait, this is Samuel Tarly. Wait, this is Heartsbane. Maybe. I don't I don't know that the Citadel people might care about that stuff. True. I guess they didn't really, you know. I get the feeling that old Mr. Tarly, mm-hmm. as upset as he would be to discover that sword was stolen, I don't think he would tell anybody because of his pride. Like, yeah. I don't think he would want people to know that, like, his idiot fat son, like, stole his most prized possession from <laughs> under his nose. True, yeah. Like, maybe he'll try to get it back, but it'll be, like, mm-hmm. he'll pay mercenaries to do it or something. Mm-hmm. So this is a fun scene that we have here between um, Sam and, I don't believe the guy at the Citadel, he's just, like, a random maester, I guess. He's, he's like, the scribe maester. Yeah, that was the, what, what we like to call the, the MCU scene. Yeah, that was the... I, I'm, I'm surprised Paul Rudd didn't fill in for Samwell in this scene, because, like... Yeah. It looked like something that he would get involved with. Yeah, we had, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent librarian, just, yeah. like, deadpan. It, yeah. It, it, was, was, it was a nice bit of levity. Like, it was funny. It was, and then... Okay, um, before revealing the library, there's this dialogue which personally I didn't really care for. That's this whole thing of, okay, so we gotta go contact the Archmaester to see if you can actually come and train to be a maester. But in the meantime, go use the library. Go have access to literally all of our knowledge. Yeah, I was like, okay, do they know we're watching a TV show too? (laughs) Because this was like really heavy handed. I wonder if maybe they only gave him access to, like, a specific section of the library, because it's really fucking big. Maybe. So, I guess there's always, um... But yeah, just just the visuals of that scene. Like, mm. it, you mentioned it looked like the Grand the Duke's archives from Dark Souls. Yeah. It looks... I, I hear something I noticed that I don't know if you picked up on, actually. I didn't realize this until I saw a Reddit comment. Mm. And I was like, oh my god. When it pans out into the big main, like... Mm. Like chamber where you can see like it going down multiple floors and there's the big candelabra things on the ceiling yeah those big gold ring things mm-hmm. are the exact same thing from the title sequence for the song mm. oh wow that's amazing <laughs> isn't it that is i like that <laughs> like they have the same symbols carved into them huh. i would have never known that so it almost makes me wonder i wonder if the will actually literally see that 3d topographical map of west Coast in so, the show that would get so meta <laughs> i'm actually my mind actually hurts thinking about this possibility <laughs> like, wow that pains me <laughs> fan servicey as fuck but i wouldn't put it past them that would be amazing Maybe, they probably wouldn't give it a scene but it'd probably be like an easter egg kind of thing like it would just, just be in the corner yeah right we would just see it laid out on the floor but, like, I wouldn't put it past the Maesters either to, like, have a map of the kingdom. Yeah, they, they would they, totally have one like that. That, like, they oftenly update. Uh-huh. That, wow, I, crap, I don't know. <laughs> like, did that just ruin your yeah, everything? Yeah, that, that turned, that tore, that tore me down. <laughs> Rebranded me, even. Okay, so, I guess after that, let's talk about Dorne. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about, um, there's not a, there was only one scene. I thought it was cool. Because as dissatisfied as I've been with the whole Dorn plot, and I'm sure literally everyone else has. Well, fortunately, we've avoided it all season. <laughs> I think the showrunners have finally figured out how to make Dorn interesting, which yeah. is to have Elena there. 
Yeah, well, that's how you make any plot interesting, <laughs> is put a letter there. Like, like there were a lot of moments in this episode, to be honest, that felt kind of meta to me. Oh, where yeah. it kind of felt like... Like that, what we'll get to with, with Tyrion and Daenerys, where he's like, how about the fact that this is actually happening? Yeah. Wink. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Or, or like, um, but, but, but just right here where, where, um, it just felt like the show knew that everyone hated the Sand Snakes, so they mm-hmm. had to have a scene where Olena shuts down each one individually. Yeah, So that the audience could cheer. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is that like, yeah, how do we take these characters that we despise every word that comes out of our mouth? Make it so we don't care what they say. Yeah, have Elena be the audience. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I did. I liked that scene a lot because it kind of gave some validation to what seemed like a really nonsense plot in the first episode of the season, where they just killed everyone in Dorne. Mm-hmm. And now it, it starts to make sense. Like, so you think before, like even then, as of the first episode of this season, Varys was already in works with Dorne. Well, Varys from the very beginning has been a Targaryen loyalist. Yeah, that much I know. Um, Like when, this is from way back, but in season one, when Arya is chasing cats through uh, the Red Keep and she winds up hiding inside the dragon skull and she hears two people talking, Mm -hmm. those two people are Varys and Illyria. Oh, okay. Like scheming about all kinds of shit. Yeah. And so they've been in cahoots since the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's a little more complicated in the books because it's left kind of vague as to where, whether Varys is a genuine Daenerys supporter or mm-hmm. if he's supporting Aegon instead, who was mm-hmm. not in the show. Okay. They kind of combined his arc with Danny's. Oh, he's another Targaryen that's going for it? He's um in the show when Tyrion is exiled or when he goes to Essos he, and before he gets captured by Jorah he winds up with this group of people who are just like kind of like a band of misfits mm-hmm. and one of them is this kid named Griff mm-hmm. who has blue hair and his dad who, whose name is also Griff mm-hmm. who also has blue hair <laughs> great good so, job George R. R. Martin <laughs> well it's Griff and then young Griff okay but basically you find out or he finds out over the course that Griff is actually Aegon Targaryen, um, uh, the Mad King's youngest child, who everyone thought was killed when the mountain killed Elia and like mm-hmm. you raped her, you murdered her, you killed her children. Yeah, yeah. The story is that he killed, like he smashed the infant against the wall. Mm-hmm. But the story in the books goes they switched out those infants beforehand, mm-hmm. and he escaped and mm-hmm. grew up in exile secretly training to retake the throne just like Daenerys and Viserys were huh but okay. neither of them knew of each other right and Illyrio and Varys both knew about both of them but they kept them in the dark from each other in case one of them failed they had a backup plan Targaryen but where it gets complicated in the books is that there's a lot of evidence to say that um Aegon is not genuine he's not actually the baby Aegon mm. and that he's actually a blackfire which is the bastard branch of House Targaryen for, oh. like, the lore. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people go, like, one of the more crackpot theories is that Varys is a black fire. What? And, like, he shaves his hair so that you can't tell that he has silver hair and shit oh, like man. that. <laughs> so, like, there's all kinds of weird shit, but they simplify it for the show. That would be so over the head in the show. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the speech he gives, or the speech that Alaria starts to give and that Varys finish when she's like, I'll give mm. you what you want, vengeance, justice, fire, and blood. Right. In the books, Doran Martell gives that speech mm. to, not to Alaria, but to basically Alaria in the books, 
uh, Arian Martell, mm-hmm. when she's like, why the fuck aren't you doing anything? We need our revenge. And he gives <laughs> her that speech, basically hinting that, like, the Dragon Queen is coming and we're going to be on her side. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just really... I had given up all hope of them incorporating that plot since they <laughs> killed Doran Martell. But they found a way to rework it in. They found a way to rework it in. Okay. Cool. And although it, it it's like the fact that they reworked it anyway, why did they have to kill Doran? Like Alexander, like that actor is so good. Why couldn't they have kept him? I don't know. I, I can't even give you a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he was busy making another movie. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he was. I'm not sure. So after that, um, where do we go? Do we go to Winter? I think we do go to Winterfell after that. Yeah, yeah. From there, uh, we get to see... Well, I like that when Sam got to Old Town originally, we saw all the White Ravens leaving yeah, the yeah, tower, yeah. and then when we pan a Winterfell, we see one of the Ravens getting there. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. So the reveal here is that winter has come. Yeah, that's what the White Ravens... Every time the seasons change, they send out the White Ravens. Uh, so like when summer comes again, they'll send out yeah, the White yeah, Ravens. Yeah. Gotcha. And um, we get to see uh, this this kind of yet another setup being paid off from earlier in the season of Davos confronting Melisandre. Mm-hmm. Um, acting on 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 Liam Cunningham and Chris Van Houten, both like incredible performances. Yeah, they did they like, both did so good. Really emotive, see. like I got to see like angry Davos for the first time and yeah. like sad Melisandre, like just really well done. Mm-hmm. Like it was I'm happy that John didn't kill her. I, yeah. I feel like she still has an important role to play. I would, I'd, I'd say too, for sure. She's, she's. We'll see her again next season. Maybe, yeah. maybe not next season. Actually, you know, I'm gonna no, stick we'll with next see, season. We'll see her next season. Maybe not like, maybe it'll be a little later in the season. Yeah. But I think she's gonna cross paths with Arya again. Yeah. Because um, like, in or way earlier in the show when she takes Gendry from the Brotherhood, mm-hmm. when Arya is there, like they talk and she's like, I can tell, like I'm looking in your eyes, I can see all the people you're gonna kill. Mm-hmm. Like, I see death when I look at you, which mm. is its own foreshadowing that Arya's going to be a faceless assassin. Right. And she's like, we'll meet again. Mm-hmm. So. Is Melisandre on her list? Mm, I think. I feel like she is. I think she is because she took Gendry. Yeah. I think so, too. So, maybe Arya will try to kill her. <laughs> maybe. I mean, she probably will try to kill her, but Melisandre will... It could be, play out like she like a random person, like a random girl walks up to Melisandre and she's like, you're Arya Stark. And she's like, no I'm not. And she's like, I, I know you're Arya Stark. I can tell. Maybe even Arya is how Melisandre gets back to Winterfell without being executed because she like brings her as like a, hey, let me in and then you can have your sister back. Yeah. I, I, would, I could see that too. I think it's somehow them two are going to go back together. Yeah. Sure. I would love for them to be the next twosome. You know how there's always a cool twosome? Yeah. <laughs> that would be an interesting banter. Well, yeah, because because Arya's a servant of, like, a death god, and yeah. Melisandre's a servant of, like, a life god. Mm-hmm. And even if, their, their, their personalities are so different. Yeah. I mean, Melisandre's almost deadpan with her just, you know, proclamations of belief, of faith, and Arya's like, nah, that's all BS. But, like, if Arya knows that Mel... Like, if... if Arya discovers that Melisandre brought John back to life, who is the person she was closest to. She yeah. would probably like feel indebted to her for that. Oh, she was closest to John. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh okay. Um, and in the original, uh, I, I showed you on Reddit the other day the original written treatment for when the George R. R. Martin first wrote a Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
in the original storyboard, uh, Arya and John were supposed to be love interests. Oh my god. They were still siblings, but they right. were also love interests. Wow. And it was going to be a love triangle with those two and with Tyrion. Wow. <laughs> that is weird. It's weird as fuck. That is so uncomfortable. But that's that that the fact that that exists and has existed since the beginning <laughs> makes me think that there is some grounds for there to for John and Sansa to hook up. Yeah, maybe. I I would be okay with them doing it at this at this point. Yeah. Now that we know what we find like out I've later, seen, I, like I've seen people on Reddit complaining about incest, and I'm like, what show are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, have you not seen since literally the first episode? Like, yeah. well, like. Ned's dad and Ned's mom mm. were cousins, hmm. and Tywin and his wife were cousins. Oh, well. All of the Targaryens were related. <laughs> it was probably, like, granted, Game of Thrones didn't exist, so take this with a grain of salt when I say it, but it was probably more common back then. Well, they, they've, they've, they, George R. R. Martin has talked about that, like, in real royalty, yeah. and a lot of, um... Game of Thrones, especially the Lannister Star conflict, is based on like the War of the Roses in England right. with, the, with the Lancasters and the Yorks mm-hmm. and wars in Europe, the Hundred Years' War. Mm-hmm. By the time World War One rolled around in Europe, mm-hmm. every royal was related to each other oh from every country. Wow. <laughs> so like, it was basically a family feud. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So yeah, and also it's the kind of thing where. You know, medieval times, you couldn't go to the bar to meet someone. <laughs> it was just like, oh yeah, here Johnny, here's your cousin Sarah. Fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't even necessarily think that there needs to be romantic subtext. I just think that it would be an interesting direction for the plot if John and Sansa got married. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like, just like, we know in Game of Thrones that you don't actually have to be in love with someone to get married to them. It could, it could but, like, be. But that would be a good way to unite the North to like edge Littlefinger out mm. to solidify John and Sansa's claims together mm-hmm. because they're stronger together than they are separate and, yeah. a, and a way of keeping either of them from being jealous of the other or whatever like it'd be perfect I could yeah for, for reasons like that a strategic move I could see it and then, and then maybe as the show goes on they grow to like love each other in mm-hmm. that way because there's already a lot of weird chemistry between those actors there that is, is kind it's pretty of, odd yeah and it would make it that would almost in a universe where Dr- Jamie and Cersei exist. It's yeah. like hard not to notice. <laughs> that would that would almost make Egret foreshadowing because she also had red hair. Egret, oh, Tormund, Melisandre, yeah. Sansa, literally everyone with red hair just throws themselves at John. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's a magnet for the gingers. <laughs> Ginger magnet. Um, but uh, moving on from there, I think. Where was the last location we left on? We had Winterfell. We went Winterfell. Okay, so we we go to um. We go. I guess. I guess we can just go right what, back. No, we go to uh, Marine. We go to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get. So, we do. Get honestly, this. the only scene that I thought was kind of weak in this episode, mostly because I don't really care about Daria. Yeah, it's hard to care about Dario. There's nothing really to make him compelling in any way. I think Daenerys agrees. At this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he, he was just, he was just a, he was just a body. Well, yeah, and when we were discussing when we were watching it earlier that part of the, what makes Dario's character interesting is that he's like a roguish Han Solo type who doesn't give a shit. Yeah. But like they turned him into Jorah. Yeah. And the last and, and for some reason the last moment. After, you know, a series of Dario being like, yeah, I don't care. I sleep with all these women. I got this dagger that looks like a woman. I don't care about anything. He's like, oh, I love you, Daenerys. Please don't go. Let me take you with you. I'm like, what? Come on. No. <laughs> like, 
it's just, and it's like, I get it, because Daenerys is, not only is Amelia Clark a beautiful woman, but in the books, Daenerys is described as literally being, like, one of the most beautiful women anyone's ever seen. Yeah. So, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But, but also, it was just, like, and, like, I got the necessity of the scene, like, it's, I, I saw a lot of foreshadowing for her possibly marrying either John or, like, someone else important in the mm-hmm. Seven Kingdoms, or even... Neither of us really see it, but I've, I have seen some comments of people thinking that like there's like a little bit of subtext with Tyrion, even. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I was gonna say that like if you know the other strategic move would be like marry Tyrion or maybe even Jaime. Yeah, it, assuming she can get over the whole he killed my dad thing. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of a. Well, she see like if anyone she seems it seems like the type to be like, I need this strategically. Yeah, I've really appreciated her character growth in this season, especially mm. in the last couple episodes. Yeah. Like she started to seem a lot more mature. Yeah. Well, at first... At and first, I really loved when she has that conversation with Tyrion in this episode. Like, she sounds so vulnerable, mm-hmm. which we never really see that facade of, like, super badass queen. Usually she's, like, like very like, convicting, and here she's, like, gentle almost. Well, yeah, like, we finally got to see, like, Daenerys the person. Right. And not Daenerys the queen. Well, I think... Um, I think I've heard that, like, in the book, she, there's a little bit more contrast where we see some more scenes of her being a little bit more gentle. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really gotten that too much. Well, because we get to see her inner monologue in the books, too. Right. Because we're seeing it literally from her point of view. True. But I thought it was interesting, too, because Tyrion's words to her are, like, isn't it crazy that this is actually happening? Yeah. Everything that you've ever wanted since you were old enough to want something. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that he chose those words because... She never wanted to conquer Westeros when she was... That was always Viserys' thing. Mm -hmm. And she only took over after he died. Like, she made that her ambition. Mm -hmm. She always just wanted to have a home. Right. And so maybe she's having, like, almost a crisis of, like... Like, like she she, she mentioned, she's like, yeah, like, Dario told me he loved me and I, like, didn't feel anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe she's, like, she's been making all these decisions without regard to how, what she as a person actually wants, mm-hmm. and she doesn't know what she wants, and it's been so long since she's even thought for herself that, like, she has no sense of... I think John is going through something similar. Right, where, like, the entire... This, like, pretty much the entire show, they've had things... They've had motives and ideas thrusted upon them to where now they're actually making decisions. They're almost unsure of those decisions. Yeah, yeah. It's almost what you're getting at. Yeah. I feel that. This is a really... So, just to say general opinions about it, whereas the Dario scene wasn't very good, this scene with Tyrion is awesome. She gives t- she gives Tyrion the little hand pin, which is like silver, and as you said, probably made of iron. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm this may not. I might be reading too much into it, but mm-hmm. I like the whole kind of Greyjoy symbolism with the metals because Kyburn's hand of the king mm-hmm. pin is gold, and obviously they're kind of the villainy. Yeah, that's like the villain queen is Cersei. And the Ironborn, who conveniently are on Daenerys' side, mm-hmm. have a philosophy where you pay the iron price for something. Like, mm-hmm. that's the way you do it. And yeah. Tyrion has, if you interpret paying the iron price as earning something the hard way, <laughs> he's, Tyrion he's has definitely paid the iron price for being Hand of the Queen. Well, it's also interesting to see, you know, because it was in season two he was the Hand, right? Yeah, he was hand to Joffrey. And, you know, and, he, he, and he was good. He was, like, really good. He was good, but he also probably didn't really want to be it, the, the hand then. Well, at that point, he was still... He still felt a duty to his house. So yeah. I think I think he was at a point in that, at that point in his character arc where he hated Joffrey, but he, like, loved being in power. Right. So that kind of won over. 
But now he seems a lot more like you said, like you like he's earned it. Like well, and this is I found this scene really powerful, especially when he like kneels because mm-hmm. he has never he never knelt willingly for Joffrey or for Tywin mm-hmm. or for Robert or for anyone, and because everyone who's ever been in a position of power over him has never respected him. And this is a, and Daenerys completely respects him. Right. She doesn't see him. And, oh, you're just a dwarf. She sees him as a person. And like that, like hit something really deep inside him. Yeah. And and um, even this again, this might be reading too much into it. But when he kneels in front of her, his jug of wine is behind him, almost mm. like he doesn't even need the crutch of alcohol anymore now that he has a real purpose. Huh. That that's a really good catch. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Looking into that. Um. All right. So after that. Do we go back to Winterfell? After that, we go to the Tower of Joy. Oh, yes. Yeah, because that transitions into Winterfell. Oh, I th- although, I, at some point, I think we did skip the Littlefinger scene. No, that, that happens. That, that happens... That happens before. That happens... Oh. Does it? I don't know. I'm, it doesn't it's matter. It's a long episode. Yeah, there is a lot going on. We, we can mention it after this. We said yeah. Tower of Joy. But anyway, Tower of Joy. Oh no, big surprise! It turns out our plus L equals J. We didn't know. <laughs> no one knew this before. <laughs> but, but you know there was that one person yeah. who saw the baby, and then the cut to John, and it was like, but who was the baby? Yeah, you, you know, 99% of people were like, oh yeah, we already knew that. And then you know there's one dad who was watching this because his son likes to watch it. <laughs> And he's watching that, and he was just like, who the hell was that? Who the hell was that? What's that baby? Why is Jon Snow on the screen now? Yeah. I don't know who the baby was. And then there's this kid explaining to his dad, like, Dad, that's that's Lyanna Stark, and that's that's Jon. Lyanna who? Yeah, and he's like, what do you mean? No, there's, there's, there's definitely one dude out there. I guess if we're being really specific, the only thing that got confirmed was that L equals J. We didn't yeah. really get an R confirmation. Yeah. Although, obviously, like... Confirmed. <laughs> that's just nitpicking. Yeah, it, it, it's confirmed. Um, that was, it, was, it was a good scene. It was an emotional scene. It was a good transition. I don't have a whole lot to say about it because it's like we said, everyone already knew this. No, I, I mean, I, I really like... I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who played young Ned Stark, his performance was really, really good. Yeah, he did very good at portraying um, that, for sure. I don't have as much to say about Lyanna because she didn't do much, but it was just nice to finally see her. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the baby... They op- picked that the baby was perfectly casted. Yeah, the baby <laughs> opens his eyes and he's got the same dopey look that John has. <laughs> Knowing nothing since day one. Yeah, he opened his eyes and he looked, duh, and then it transitioned to John and he's still like, duh. He has the same exact expression on his face. <laughs> just this, this vapid look in his eyes. It almost looked like they superimposed Kate Herring's eyes on the baby. Maybe they did. <laughs> that would have been amazing. They did, they did spend a lot of money on VFX, yeah. so... So we do get to... The next scene, because it transitions right into it, we get that awesome scene. We get uh, the first of our three uh, kind of crowning moments, um, and we get the King in the North V2. Yeah. Um, hopefully it, it'll stick this time. Oh yeah, I hope so. Well, there's there's no more phrase to, to kill him this time. That's true, yeah. Everyone who had anything to do with the Red Wedding is dead now. Yeah. <laughs> Literally everyone. Yeah, so we get that. Um, the main thing and, and that's why I think... Finally, I've been sadly convinced that Lady Stoneheart's not going to be in the show because she now now she doesn't have a purpose. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I think after this episode, it's pretty explicit that she's not going to be in it. Yeah, basically Arya is Lady Stoneheart, yeah. which is fine. 
So we do we do get every you know everyone's um, bowing to the knee. Liana Mormont is awesome. She gave this great speech. Yeah, she's incredible. She was great. We got to see Lord Manderley finally. We're, we're, yes, we're introduced to my new favorite character in the show, Lord Manderley AKA. as Battle Santa. His name <laughs> is Battle Santa. Look at him. He's <laughs> Battle Santa. We don't really Santa. need to justify that. Like, no, it there, goes there's... without saying. He's Battle Santa. He's Battle Santa. I 100 percent support this idea. Yeah. So we got we got um <laughs> we got little bear cub yeah um throwing serious shade and then Battle Santa stands up and then we got Lord Glover who was basically like I was wrong you're a badass I want to fight with you yeah and we get the King of the North moment and I cried real tears <laughs> it was so powerful <laughs> and um and I think it's a cool contrast to the scene that comes after which is Cersei's coronation mm-hmm. where yeah this scene was zero cherry and everyone wanted to see it and the next scene was Cersei the lighting is like super dark and grim well the contrast like there's contrast in the lighting there's contrast in that it's so much more formal everyone's yeah. like in rigid position wearing mm-hmm. armor well it's only soldiers there yeah it's only soldiers there all the courtiers are dead yeah um you know even the aesthetics like um it's all the cinematography the color palette in John's scene is all blues and grays mm-hmm. and in Cersei's scene it's all like orange and, mm-hmm. and yellow and black and mm-hmm. um, kind of that ice and fire vibe. Yeah. As you mentioned it, the only time we saw we saw the lighting like this before was when we saw that Mad King scene. Well, yeah, I have noticed that every other scene we ever get in the throne room is during the day when, you know, when Tommen's in there or Joffrey or whoever, mm-hmm. um, and it's always really well lit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only time we ever really see it, like, in that kind of lighting was in this scene, Cersei's coronation, and in the Mad King flashback. Yeah. Which is not accidental. <laughs> no, very very purposeful uh, parallel drawn there, for sure. Because Cersei is the Mad Queen now. Yes. And we see who's who's there, who just made it just in time for this uh, coronation ceremony. None other than Jamie Lannister. And who he's does there. not look happy. No, he's mad. <laughs> this guy is not a happy camper. He's like, what? I leave for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get I lift one siege and the whole city blows <laughs> the up. The sept is blown up. Tommen's dead. Kevin's dead. Everybody is gone. What happened? Yeah. We were asking before. Oh, what's gonna draw Sir? What's gonna draw Jamie away from Cersei? It was that. Yeah. Well. Well. You got to think too. Like, I don't know if he'll kill her right away. There might be an internal struggle where, like, there probably will be. Because he's gonna be like, well. I, I, killed, I killed one king to stop this from happening, but now it's already happened. Mm-hmm. So, but and I do still love her, even though she's like an evil monster. Right. Although I, I do think he's gonna rapidly catch up to where he is in the books mentally, where he, you know, letter burning Jamie, who doesn't care about Cersei anymore. Yeah. I think he's reaching that point mm-hmm. very quickly. It could. And be... hopefully that'll save him. <laughs> okay. What if? What if before you know he gets there? And Cersei sees how distraught he is, and she almost perceives that as a threat to her own power. And he has, she has like Jamie thrown in jail first, Ooh, as as in like a, oh, I feel like he might kill me because he's obviously so upset. It would be interesting if she got more and more paranoid, just to further parallel the Mad King, thing. and just 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 to keep her own power. Like yeah. he could in some way threaten me, so. I need to eliminate anything and kind of shave off that emotion so she becomes this, like, ruthless killer. That'd be interesting. Although, I do think that a big part of, like, I think 
Cersei, at this point, Jamie is literally all she has left. So I don't know if she'd be so quick to throw him under the bus. I feel like after Tommen, she would be like, I don't know, I just can't see a, a love theme coming back in any way after this. Well, it might not even be love, it might just be like the familiarity of literally yeah. the only other person you know. And, or or could, that can be, you can rely on at all. Or she could, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, maybe. It's it because it was, literally their last scene together was like no nothing matters but us like, right and so so as far as she knows like he's totally on board with her killing everyone but them yeah either way no matter how it plays out it's probably gonna end as you said in our, in our predicting with Jamie killing her I, yeah I think I think he has to it's gonna get there somehow. I mean it would make a really powerful television it would fulfill book prophecies it would make everyone happy. What if, um, I know we both speculated that maybe he'll get the black and then he'll have to go to the wall. What if it's one of those things where they go, it might be a little easier route to go, he kills her and then he kills himself. Maybe. Because he can't live with the fact that not only did he kill the woman he I loved, could see it being a murder suicide. He killed the mother, he killed the mother of his children, he because killed another to, ruler. Yeah, well, when he, after Cersei's dead, it's like, what do I do? Like, And it's, as you said before, like, Jamie's you know, widely received as a bad guy. Like, no one really... You know, outside of Cersei or, like, you maybe uh, Brienne, no one else really knows him or really cares about him. They're just like, oh, yeah, here's this asshole rich hit who killed the Mad King. Well, I think his only hope is that um, Tyrion has kind of vouched... Even though Tyrion, I don't think, is his biggest fan right now. He, I think he would vouch for him. He, he would vouch for him to the extent where, like, he wouldn't want him to die. And he has been doing a good job of letting Daenerys know what mm -hmm. he did. Yeah. Like, Daenerys knows that Jaime killed the Mad King because he was going to blow up the whole city. Yeah. Which is a good sign, because maybe she won't outright kill him for mm. revenge, you know? I hope. I certainly hope Jaime doesn't die, because he's one of my favorites, so... Yeah, I hope he at least makes it to be able to go north with everyone else for, like, the big final battle. Mm -hmm. If he dies fighting the Night's King or whatever, that's cool. <laughs> I wouldn't be too... I mean, granted, I'm saying what I hope is that he goes north. I really do. I would love to see him and John interact. Yeah, I don't expect him to survive, though. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. I, I think it's easier, and, you know, a big theme of this season was just, let's do everything face value and efficiently. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be, I think it might end in a murder-suicide kind of thing. I feel like, at least. Um, before we move on to the final scene, let's, let's head back to... Um to uh, the twins. Yeah, we never... We and never then, and on then also back to the gods when Winterfell for Littlefinger scene. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but but, but we, we do get Walder Frey eating mm -hmm. dinner alone. It's kind of left vague as to whether the Lannisters are still here or not, or still there or not. Mm -hmm. um, but I think maybe they, they are because he does ask the Serpent Girl, like, are you one of mine? Right. If he's not one of his, she's got to be one of the Lannisters. Right, but, yeah, I mean, I guess, but also we know that Jamie had left already, so... Well, I mean, it might just be that everyone else is sleeping, and they hadn't... True. Because the timelines are weird. Yeah. Mm. Regardless, we I, I mentioned that I didn't really care for this part too much, because I didn't really like the whole he lifts up the cake part, and you see, like, the finger... To me, that was, like, oh, I, almost comic booky. Well, I love the Frey Pie because that's another book moment that I didn't think we'd be getting. Mm -hmm. um, and we did wind up getting it in kind of a different context, but mm -hmm. it was just so satisfying. Like, <laughs> it, you know it's brutal when yeah. you feel sorry for Walter Frey. Yeah, right? That he had to eat his sons? <laughs> they had to eat his sons before he got murdered. Yeah, so that was pretty insane. 
But it was just so hype to see Arya again that it didn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, see her in somewhere that I actually care about doing something I care about. Yeah. Yeah, Arya has finally, like, there was a point to that whole arc in Braavos. Yeah, that exactly. Was, even if she does nothing else important. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She killed Walder Frey. She killed Walder Frey. That was awesome. That 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 was good. And if Jamie doesn't kill Cersei, the only other person I see doing it is Arya because yeah. Cersei's on her list. And that that's why I think it's important to whether or not the Lannisters are still there because if they are still there, that means Arya can hitch onto their wagon and go to King's Landing. True. If they're not, then she goes north. True. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I could see that. Um. Also, I'm kind of hoping that in season seven we get a rendezvous with her wolf pack. Yeah, we need some Nymeria Because stuff. Nymeria's still kicking, and she's got a badass army of wolves. Yeah. So, that would be... Are they all dire wolves, or just regular they're wolves? They're just regular wolves. Still, it's awesome. So, Nymeria's the alpha of, a. like, literally, like, hundreds of wolves. Do you, do you... So, how do you know that in the show? Is there, like, Nymeria POV things in the book? In the book? Uh, in the book, whenever Arya dreams, she mm-hmm. dreams that she's Nymeria. Oh, okay. Almost and like warging, then? It is warging, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, she, she perceives it as dreaming, but, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that like was... all the Stark children were able to do that. Hmm, okay, but that was pretty fun. And then um, I don't know if fun was the right word, but it's. it's... I, I thought it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> um, the, I, the before the last thing you wanted to mention the um, just Littlefinger and, and, yeah. and Sansa talking. It, I mean, nothing. I was surprised at how pleasantly surprised at how resilient Sansa was in turning him down to his face. Mm-hmm. Because I, I thought she was going to go along with whatever he said and then just hope to, like, out-scheme him later. Yeah, no, she was but like, I'm not having this. I think she's just like, I'm done with your shit. I've got John. I've got Winterfell. Like, fuck you. Yeah, she's definitely got a stronger ally now than Littlefinger. <laughs> yeah, um, I do think that Littlefinger is going to continue to be a problem until he's dead. Yeah, for sure. Um, And the only poetic way to end his storyline is to have Sansa kill him, mm-hmm. I think, at some point. That'll that'll be a season seven thing. I think season seven is going to be like the last season where like there are human villains. Yeah. And then season eight is going to be like Night's King. Yeah, we we can get into that um, later because yeah, I, th- well, I think I think what we should do because we're, we're running pretty low on time. I think we should do is wrap up this episode and then next week we can do like a season six overall recap. Okay. And then we can talk about like the Euron theory. Okay. And yeah. all those other things. Well, we so we can, we can like flesh out sure. some different theories. Yeah, well, all we really have left to talk about now is is uh, that just that final scene with Daenerys' giant fleet heading yeah. towards Westeros. Which looked great. Which looked amazing. Um, we saw some Tyrell ships, some Martell ships, some Greyjoy ships. She actually has allies. Yeah. She has her dragon. She has her own Sully. She's got Theon and Yara. <laughs> yeah. She, she's got Tyrion. She's got Varys. <laughs> she, she has got... She's got the Sand Snakes. Like, she's, she's got, got fucking everything. She's got the Dothraki army. She's got the... Unsullied. She's got the second sons. She's got well. The second sons are staying. Okay. Well, she's got the um, the Greyjoys. Yeah, she's got the Greyjoys, the Martells, the um, whatever's left of the Tyrells. Yeah, and, and this is worth noting too. Olena Tyrell. Uh, before she was a Tyrell, she was Olena Redwine, and in the books, the Redwine family and their each mm. are the other than the Greyjoys. They literally have the biggest fleet. In, oh wow! In Westeros, oh I so, know that. so they got all the red wine boats too. That means like, 
She's got a very She has, like, every boat in Westeros now. (laughs) Yeah, she's got a very sizable army. So her only real obstacle left, because Cersei's not going to be a joke, you know? Yeah, it's going to be one army on six. (laughs) The only... And and we'll get into this more next week, but but just to quickly touch on it, food for thought. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Euron is still an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Endgame is going to be White Walkers, mm-hmm. and I do think that maybe Euron will be involved with the White Walkers mm-hmm. because he's very in the not so much in the show yet, but in the books he's very kind of mystical and mysterious, and he's done mm-hmm. a lot of weird shit, and he's really creepy. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that more next um, week. And the, then, and then there's also um, the the notion of does she wind up allying with Jon and Sansa in the North and all that, or do mm-hmm. they wind up fighting each other? Mm-hmm. Because what would be more George R. R. Martin-y than to have us root for this great hero and this great heroine for six years and then put them <laughs> against each other and make us hate everything? That'd be awesome. But I think I think first we'll get like a probably a battle of the queens kind of thing. Yeah, Queen Bowl. Yeah, Queen Bowl. But again, that's that's kind of going in for. So I think next week we should do general thoughts of the season and then like predictions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think I think that'll be perfect to get to an hour because we're already at an hour right here mm-hmm. but yeah like i like i said i thought it was a great finale i'm really happy with it oh yeah, yeah 10 10 out of 10 uh great swords yeah yeah 10 out of 10 great swords um, i'm looking forward to seeing what we say seeing um, where it goes basically absolutely wildfire can't melt valyrian steel beams yeah exactly <laughs> Alrighty, so we will see you next week when we do our season recap and predictions. See ya.